to episode 16 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answer to. I'm Vib. And I'm Sean, and neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. Before we get to the episode, let's award the much-vaunted Expertise is Overrated tinfoil award. As a reminder, this is an award that we give out at the start of each episode to the person who had the most ridiculous point in last week's episode. Uh, this week, much to my disappointment, it's coming, it's coming home. Uh, it's coming unlike, home. <laughs> <laughs> unlike the football, which went to Rome. Uh, too soon, too soon. <laughs> um, it turns out that if you say on a podcast where only 50% of you think that Brandon Stark is the hero of A Game of Thrones, um, or sorry, of A Song of Ice and Fire, that he's also the best warrior in A Song of Ice and Fire, it's not going to end well for you. No, it's it's remarkable that even though only 50% of the you know hosts thought so, you were 100% wrong still. It's, <laughs> it's, it, it is quite remarkable. I mean, you're wrong about Bran in virtually all aspects, but Every saying he's the I'm... best warrior is that's a bit much. I think, yeah, maybe. You and I just, <laughs> you've just got a really narrow definition of warrior. That's the problem. You know, no, you've, no you've I, bought, I think I think yours was way narrower than mine. You've bought into the Westerosi alpha male centric. The only way to be a good warrior is to be a sort of big, hairy chested alpha male. I need to remind you that he was not, in fact, in your top ten. <laughs> That's because I didn't want to spend twenty minutes having to argue about it. And just left it for the end. It was as, just a little... as if. When have you ever not wanted to argue about some ridiculous <laughs> point? What do you think we're doing here? <laughs> yeah, sorry, that is the premise of this podcast, isn't it? Um, all right, fine. Um, we, I, I will say, I feel like we're getting closer and closer to a tinfoil off. Though I think so, yes. I feel like there's one on the horizons. We should, we should set an episode for that. Why don't we just go out and say episode 25... Episode 25, okay, there we go. You Episode 25, we'll do a tinfoil off. Because I, I think we, that gives us a, a decent number of tinfoils to, to talk about. If we make it that far, that's what that'll be. And the episode never never came out. <laughs> Such a shame that that nice little podcast stopped after 24 episodes. I was really hoping to hear which tinfoil was the worst tinfoil <laughs> of them all. Spoiler alert, it's going to be Ellie's from a few weeks ago. Yeah, uh, <laughs> she, she also doesn't get to come back. Uh, not no, of course not. One. She doesn't get to defend her points. She's far <laughs> too smart for us. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, just before we go any further, I will apologise to any listeners who pick up me coughing and spluttering on uh, any of this. I am coming off the back of a truly, truly awful cold. And we delayed recording this as long as possible, but couldn't put it off any longer because I think Vib was just getting fed up of me texting him all my thoughts <laughs> it does get rather draining yeah so i should say not... it's not texting it's discord and it's... by the way you should join us on discord oh it's yeah fantastic. No, <laughs> join our dis- join our discord um then you'd maybe see some of these conversations for absolutely and there he goes he's muted himself which is going to be really fun in the edit <laughs> yeah no sorry um we need to work out what which of my mute buttons is the best one for me to be using but um I will try and cut out any coughing uh, that I do. 
you say that, I think I'm editing this one. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm actually quite glad that we're not recording this. Uh, well, that we are recording this remotely, I should say. Um, yeah, because no, you you'd just be ill at the end exactly, of it. Exactly. Uh, and um, let's not have that, shall we? All Plus, all I think the fist fights would be quite something every week, you know. The the last I'll say of it is, um, if you think this sounds bad, you should have heard me on Monday. Um, <laughs> Which, for reference, is the day we usually record, so I'm glad that uh, we didn't yeah, do that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the queue in the COVID test was very sparse around me, as well as I don't have COVID. It is legitimately just a cold. Um, and I will be better next week promise indeed um, do we I have do... Yeah, yes sorry. yes sorry i think i think you're about to say do we yeah. have any feedback i don't i i i kind of do um this is from uh my friend ali who whose whose first comment when she listened to the, clearly the ministry of magic episode says i want to be friends with ellie which i think is high praise indeed um, so Hold Ellie on a second, pleased. <laughs> yeah, I mean, congratulations, Ellie. You've made yourself a friend there. Um, but I've never got a comment like that. Uh, uh, th- I was, yeah. The suspicious thing about this is that she has never once said, oh, "I'd like to be friends with Sean." So, I mean, the offer is you know, not there. I have enough friends. Four is plenty <laughs> for me. Um, <laughs> but, but yes, you you have been. Uh, Overshadowed, I guess, is the word. <laughs> That's upsetting. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> I, I mean, I fully understand. Yeah, it's, it's entirely fair. Um, and, and a very interesting question that she actually raised was, do we have the same issue with the memory wiping sticks in Men in Black? No, you asked me this. Um, which I'm, I'm grateful for, because it gave me time to think about it. Unfortunately, I didn't use that time to think about it. Um, but my immediate response is no. And I don't know why, and that's <laughs> really upsetting. And I think it betrays a real flaw in my character. Yeah, many things do. But <laughs> I think perhaps, um, yeah, a little bit of sizzle. A little bit of sizzle there. We, 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 need to, we need to question that. We do need to question Is that. Is all memory wiping wrong? Yeah, I mean, she, she also raised another very interesting question, but I don't really want to dwell on that because that... I think will be a, a proper full-fledged episode mm. about free will, which is, of course, one of our favourite topics. Yes. We like to break our brains, so look forward to that, listeners. Yeah. So is that what, if you can modify memories, does free will exist? Sort of, yeah. I guess I guess she, she, she kind of took issue with us saying... With you actually saying... Um, you know, the fact that they rearranged, you know, taking the foreign minister's memories and rearranging the meeting is an issue of free will. It's not about whether or not they were elected, which I think is what you and Ellie were really getting at. It's got nothing to do with politics or authority. It's a matter of basic human rights of muggles, which is a very I, fair point. I, I feel like that's a point that I was making throughout, but... Um, uh, I don't know. Perhaps so. I thought it I went don't with... It. <laughs> I mean, it's also entirely possible that I dreamt that. Um, I've been having fever dreams, but... Um, no, I think there's a point there. There's definitely a point there, and we we should revisit it. But I, in short, no, I absolutely agree. It's it's not the politics is secondary to um, the hor- horribleness of the action itself. 
And I think even I agree with that. But um, food for thought. I think we mm, will definitely. ruminate on this one. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was a very one-sided bit of feedback, or, or rather, a sort of. Yeah. Um, no, I need to. I need to chase my usual sources of feedback in time for next. Next I episode. Think Ellie's just done with us now, isn't she? She's yeah. She's, <laughs> she's had her moment in the moment in the sun. She's she's not fast anymore. <laughs> anyway, to the matter at hand. What are we talking about today? Today. Uh, as as promised last time, we're diving into the predominantly TV series, but I suspect we'll probably venture further afield than that, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, we don't normally do this, but given how precious some people are about the MCU, and given that Loki only finished at the time of recording um, a week ago, we will we are going to put a massive spoiler warning from here we will be discussing basically all of the MCU, including all of the TV shows. Now, if you've got this far in listening to the podcast and that surprises you, I don't really know <laughs> what you've been listening to because spoilers are sort of a thing that we take as optional. Um, and there is also psychology out there showing that knowing spoilers is leads to a more enjoyable viewing experience, but we'll park that. Um, but no, if you, if you want to experience Loki unspoiled, um, Skip ahead to next week and come back and listen when you've watched it. Thanks very much. Absolutely. I mean, I famously obviously haven't read or seen any of the stuff we ever talk about, so well, as, spo- as we, spoilers as we, aren't really coming from my end. <laughs> as we repeatedly talk about, um, mostly we discuss books and you can't read. So Exactly. I just, I just sort of <laughs> wing it. Um... <laughs> it's embarrassing for me. It is a bit, yeah. It is a bit. Anyway... The Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of taken the world by storm. Yeah. Although crazy to think that it actually started, oh, how long ago was it? 2008? 2008 with the first Iron Man film, which I watched on Monday when I was bedridden. And that is a good film. That is a good film. That is a good film. I mean, and I think it's also what the MCU absolutely needed. <laughs> Look at us. We're going to talk about the TV starts with the film. But I, <laughs> I think it's necessary because you don't get Loki, which was the the starting point of this episode, if you don't put the work in. And I think yes. that's going to be a common refrain throughout this episode. The one thing that you can say for Marvel, uh, no matter where you think they've got to know, God damn, they put the work in at the start. Mm, with with a few caveats, I would I would wager. Um, but what they absolutely nailed with Iron Man is, I mean, they cast Robert Downey Jr., which was fantastic because he he was amazing throughout the entire series, and people really loved him as Iron yeah. Man. And interesting, interesting fact though, he was a massive risk as a cast because his career was like in the gutter. Yes. At the time of yeah. Iron Man. He also made, apparent, allegedly, he only made half a million dollars for that film. Which, you know, alright. I wouldn't mind making half a million dollars to, to be in a film that launches a cinematic universe that now owns everything. <laughs> the world, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, uh, th- like, that's not a lot of money for an A-list actor headlining in his own film. No, 100%. But I think given some of the casting choices they made in subsequent films, especially for some of the really big superheroes, they weren't big names by any means. No. They, some, I, some were, obviously, but... But that was almost a po- that was almost the point of it. They took people who weren't... No, Robert Downey Jr. 
maybe less so, but they weren't really known for other roles. Yeah. And I think that was really, really smart. Really smart. Really smart. But I think what they did right with Iron Man as the first film to really get people excited about this and to win over all the comic book fans. I haven't read any of them myself, even though they have got pretty pictures in them. But I think that that was important, right? They needed to get at least some of those people on side. So they cast Robert Downey Jr., you know, did a fantastic job. They cast Jeff Bridges. I mean, come on. That was so brave. Yes, but it's always a excellent. <laughs> also excellent, right? But but Jeff Bridges, it wasn't... I think he was still sort of thought of as the dude. Uh, right? I, don't, I don't know if that's... Fair. Do you think that's not fair? But like, I, so think, this, I think you're saying that because of the age you would have been at the time. That's entirely possible. That's entirely possible. And I say um, that because that's probably what I thought as well. It, it's it's a peak university film, and it's around the time that we were, you know, in yeah, our lives, yeah, yeah. So. End, of, end of school, early university, maybe, maybe. But you know, it's it's Jeff Bridges as you've never seen him before, slightly overweight, but like powerfully overweight shaved head and a big like strong beard yeah playing don't, a really don't fuck with me Jeff Bridges. playing a really <laughs> sinister character super sinister just straight up evil arms dealer yeah couldn't give a fuck about anything other than money who nicholas cage wishes he was in lord of war no there's a reference whoa <laughs> great film as well <laughs> <laughs> One of one of uh, many excellent Nick Cage films, of course. Is that the, that's the one where they repaint a tanker, isn't it? They repaint the name on a tanker. I think. God, I think it's been a long time since I watched that film. <laughs> Sorry, that's that, that's a segue. Speaking um, of which, and, and completely going on this tangent now, um, I saw today that Nick Cage is in a film called, I think it's called Pig. Oh no! Where he's a he's a uh, truffle. Farmer is that is that is that a thing? A truffle, truffle farmer, hunter, truffle, truffle hunter, truffle forager. No, truffle hunter is a character, in and, and his and his truffle pig goes missing, and it's essentially a film about that. And the review I read said that it was amazing and might give him his second ever Academy Award nomination for it. What's his first Academy Award nomination? You know, that's a great question. I'd read it. Um... It doesn't it's not a film it. I see. Ad, ad, administration, admonition, some, something along those lines. I didn't know. I didn't know he'd ever been nominated either. But there we are. Anyway, Marvel, <laughs> Iron Man, Loki. You're absolutely right. You need the films because you need the cinematic universe uh, for there to really be TV shows. Yes. Although I guess not necessarily. But the way Marvel's obviously just taken over entertainment as a whole. And, and something they do very nicely is linking in everything. I say nicely. I think that might also be a, a bit of a detriment now. Yeah. Which we'll get to. But yeah, you, you needed the films, certainly the first phase of the MCU, to, to get to where we are now. And a lot well, has we, happened. <laughs> a, a lot has happened. I was trying to think through... Well, obviously, the, the films are famous. Everyone knows those. We don't need to go through those. But the the TV series, not even thinking about the Disney Plus ones that sort of are, I think, going to form the meat of this episode. You've got yeah. Daredevil, which I thought was fantastic in season one. So this, this is this is the Daredevil from only a few years ago, right? TV Daredevil, not 
Um, I don't know. Yeah, the, the film, the, the film is rubbish, isn't it? Not the film. No, that I forget the name of the the actor, but it's got um, Wilson Fisk is the bad guy. I can't remember the name of any of the actors, which is atrocious. But no, it's the it's the recent one. It's the recent one. Once again, proof that we are very prepared when we record these episodes. Yeah, I didn't. But <laughs> you were going to go, yes, Daredevil, and then we'd move on. Um, but what I, so the, the point that I was, I was going to make with Daredevil is, I think it went off the rails in in season two, and I, I feel like, you know, you've got Jessica Jones. Same thing, I think, is true. Season one, I didn't really like. Season two, I didn't watch. But the reason I didn't watch season two was the only redeeming feature of season one wasn't in it. Yeah, but that that's more than a redeeming feature. That was some of the finest villainous acting that, that has probably ever been acted, frankly. Quite possibly. And that's me saying that about a you know about a Scotsman. Hey. No, quite possibly, quite possibly. Uh but I mean Tennant Tennant's performance as uh, the villain in Jessica Jones is second to none. Even better than Jeff Bridges in Iron Man. It's better than Jeff Bridges. <laughs> it's I, I, he gets more time with it. This beauty of TV, right? You get a bit more time to, to sort of explore your characters, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, Jessica Jones. I'm, it was exactly the same as you. I watched season one. I, I did enjoy it, um, but then at the end of that, I just didn't. Didn't even bother with season two. Just, just no interest. No, it whatsoever. didn't. It didn't. It didn't draw me in. Um, I mean, I guess Luke Cage was a spin-off off that, right? Because he was, he was in. He was in Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones and then got his own series. Didn't I? Didn't watch it, and I didn't watch Iron Fist either. I, no, me neither. And I think, I think part of that was I just felt like the MCU TV series. I think, like a lot of people, I felt like they just run out of interesting steam because they were sort of all they were all post Phase One. I think. And it was this, the idea behind them was this lower echelon of superhero who hadn't made it into the Avengers for whatever reason, probably because no one knew about them. And they're almost paving the way for Spider-Man. Right? Because they're all, to a greater or lesser extent, like friendly neighbourhood Daredevil, right? Friendly neighbourhood Jessica Jones. <sighs> not not to the same degree as Spider-Man, but they're they're fighting low-level, vaguely low-level threats. I mean, obviously David Tennant is the most dangerous person in the MCU, but... Um, <laughs> no, I, I know what you're getting at. I think, certainly with Jessica Jones and what I imagine Luke Cage uh, was like in Iron Fist as well, as I think Daredevil... Uh, well, I think they tried to do there is explore the sort of grittier... Yeah, side of things. All those characters were, you know, a little more flawed. They had much more personal issues. I mean, they tried to do alcoholism in Jessica Jones, and I mean, credit exactly. to them, they tried, and they, and they exactly. tried far more than, or far better than the way that they tried a little bit in uh, Iron Man Two. Like they explored like vaguely, but. Yeah, because obviously when when you're dealing with Iron Man or, or Tony Stark, you know it, it it all comes with billions and billions of of dollars that the character has, and there's only so much you can really do with that, I think. Uh, but those yeah. TV shows, I mean, if you compare the sort of first phase of MCU, right? You know, introducing Thor, introducing Captain America, they're all 
goody two shoes and obvious like super super mega heroes. That's the point. That they are the Avengers, as you say. True. Um, and you know, Thor deals with his his thing where he's you know a bit of hubris and uh, arrogance, and he has to deal with that. Captain America, you know, more or less the opposite. Deals uh, with nothing ever. Exactly, and, and the then point. just becomes amazing, and it's like, yeah, great. Now, now I'm Captain America. It, it, yeah, so those guys don't really get to explore anything, and that's fantastic. Those, those films are mm. f- are great. Um, the TV shows are a little bit different, I think, and I think that's exactly what Marvel were going for, right? Exploring something slightly. Yeah, no, I think I, I think you're right, and I think that brings us on to the sort of overarching MCU series. I don't know. Is it, I don't even know if it's still running, but obviously, Agents of Shield. Which yeah, is, I want to see. I want to say that that was the first one they made. It might have been. It they, might made, they made that. I think they made all of that after the first Avengers film, right? They they do because the core point of the first episode or the intro to the first episode of Agents of Shield is that Phil Coulson isn't dead. Um, that's the whole like, oh, I have level six clearance, and then Coulson comes out of a room and goes, "Welcome to level seven and you're meant to go. Coulson's not dead um, yeah. because you see him die in in uh, the Avengers. Avengers yeah, yeah, he just goes so to the twenty. So maybe it's a magical place. Maybe <laughs> maybe it was first. I don't I don't remember. I don't know that the um, the order particularly matters. Not necessarily. So, well, I think Agents of Shield is slightly is slightly different because what I think what that TV show tried to achieve is just tell you know the viewers, this is what S.H.I.E.L.D. is, because that was kind of a new thing they introduced. Yeah, S.H.I.E.L.D. goes from a government agency in Iron Man 1 to, like, the military arm of the World Security Council, which is also apparently a thing. Yeah. Over the course of four <laughs> films, and it's it's a little and, bit mental. And essentially, Samuel Jackson's just got executive power over everything. Yeah, Samuel Jackson <laughs> has the ability to override the launching of nuclear weapons. It, it, it's quite something, isn't it? Um, but with with that, I think they because they had that organization in the film universe, and so I think they said, "Yeah, we can make a really easy TV show." You know, a la X Files type thing. You know, government yes. agents solving crimes and in, in a supernatural and you bring Phil Coulson back who everyone loved mm-hmm. uh, myself included so so I, that, perfectly sensible as opposed to because I watched that and, and I remember telling you my, my issue with it is that it was just the American format you know 40 plus minute episodes 20 plus episodes in a season and I think it ran for at least 6 seasons if, if as you say maybe it's still running I don't know it's, it's too much content. <laughs> There's too much content, and the problem that it had, or one one of the problems that it had that that I had with it was it it tried to be both. So I mean, so it went a bit supernatural, right? So so it was both monster of the week or problem of the week, yeah. a la X Files, a la Buffy, and the here's these long overarching storylines. Which means that you do actually have to watch every all twenty episodes. Yeah, exactly. Of a singles of a single season in order to understand what is what is going on in the finale, because the finale is dealing with stuff that 
happened in episode three, episode four, episode five. You're um, absolutely spot on, yeah. Because I think not not actually that long ago, I, I sort of jumped back into a random episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Don't really know why, but I had no clue what was going on. <laughs> How is Lady Sif here? What is going on? It, it, very confusing, the whole thing. <laughs> the, the other side, I have, I have heard, um, I think it's Kevin Feige, say the point of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is to tell the stories of people like Phil Coulson but also people like Sif, who are never going to get their own film and never going to get their own TV show. Okay, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is Phil Coulson, the TV show, but like, <laughs> there are lots of little characters, bit characters yeah. in the MCU. Yeah. So like, she, I think Sif is the best example of this, who pop up now and again in um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because they, they're vaguely interesting, but they're not nearly interesting enough to get a full, you know, even like a full seven episode, one hour long episode, um, seven episode series, seven hours of, of, of watching or whatever. Yeah. Never mind a full feature length film. No, for sure. And, and at least for Sif, because uh, I think she got a bit screwed. I think it was a scheduling problem, right? That's why she sort of disappeared from the films. The I full think franchise. that is actually right. Yeah. She had, she had a bit of a scheduling issue. And does, part of me wonders if they just didn't really know what, what to do with her, because I mean, obviously, in in the in the mythos, and I don't know how superhero Thor <laughs> necessarily relates back to the mythology, mm. but Thor is married to Sif, and that definitely isn't where the two, uh, where the films were going with that. No, um, no, that's that's a very fair point. That's a very fair point. So, I, I like you. I don't know if Sif is is even just a creation of the or. Sif isn't a creation of the MCU, but she, her incarnation, as it relates to comic Thor, might be a creation of the MCU. Possibly. So it I might mean, be that yeah. the writers went, oops. Yeah, <laughs> where do we go with this? Don't know where to go from this. <laughs> Although then, um, Natalie Portman's character, I think, is is very much in the comics, isn't she? She is. No, that's my, that's sort of my point. Um, so, so Natalie Portman is the... Uh, Mary Jane to to Thor, right? She's she's that um, yeah. constant, the Lois Lane character, and the constant love interest for Thor throughout. Oh, mixing your MCU and DC streams. There. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that so much because um, DC have better archetypal superheroes than the MCU. Oh. No, they just do. Like no, they have Superman. That's it. Uh, also, Batman. Um, Batman is a better archetype than any. Crucially, not a superhero. Oh boy. <laughs> crucially not a superhero <laughs> his superpower is that he's rich yeah he's just a shit Tony Stark <laughs> Batman absolutely kills Iron Man anyway, 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 I'm, I'm scared to turn around now in case Batman's behind me you must die now oh god that was a terrible Batman wow that, was, that Batman. did not, no, that's that not, did not go well anyway <laughs> we will never be voice actors that's, that's <laughs> a Batman voice actors anyway if you would be interested in a shit animation in which we... We come for the great price of zero pounds an hour. <laughs> right. But, no, but, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think, was was the... I think what they sort of tried to do was like a, a unifying thread for all the films mm. in TV form and people could sort of watch it. And, but as you, you're absolutely right. The problem with it was that you could just... You had to watch every episode or yeah. it was completely... Uh, unapproachable, I guess. Mm. And uh, but after after that, they sort of stopped making TV. I mean, Agents of Shield might have rumbled on in the background, 
and they just did film after film after film, and the MCU itself almost became a TV series. It did a little bit, yeah, just right. feature-length episodes. Feature-length episodes every six months or so. With, with million-dollar budgets for each one. <laughs> Until Endgame. Basically. So you, you, you say that, though. I, I think... Because so much time has passed since Iron Man, or I guess since the Avengers, because that's when they started the TV show. Because Jessica Jones was two seasons, Daredevil was Daredevil was a few, a few seasons. I think Luke Cage was as well, as was Iron Fist. All those were a few seasons. So if you add them up end to end, that's quite a few years worth of TV show. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, I think we just don't remember them because we didn't watch them. We, we don't remember them because <laughs> we didn't watch them. Fair enough. But I, I guess my my point was. There were no big TV releases, right? Everything got focused on the the films. My point is I'm basically trying to segue neatly into the Disney Plus shows and you've torpedoed that magnificently. No, I know, I know, but I, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's why I'm here. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, think, I think the differentiator there is that the original TV shows, as we, as we discussed, was minor characters and and that's part of the reason i didn't watch them because i I didn't really give a shit and they weren't good enough tv shows in the absence of this is marvel to to really no that's true interest me now you're absolutely right once once endgame happened the big difference with the disney plus shows is that they actually started to get the big ones and by that i mean you know the, the proper actors from the films. I don't know that that's really cool. The proper actors doing Shakespearean expert David Tennant. Well, I didn't. I didn't really want to say the the proper heroes because that sort of implies Avengers when you're talking MCU. No, but I know. I, I know what you mean. They got they got headline names. People and the other point, I guess, was people who were known from the films. Yeah, and actually, with the exception of Loki himself, the others are all Avengers, aren't they? Yeah. I'm trying to think now. What, what do we what? actually have at Disney Plus? WandaVision, yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier, yeah. and Loki. And Loki, yeah. It's just those three, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, guess... and Wanda, Wanda and Vision are Avengers. Uh, yes. Falcon and Winter Soldier are Avengers. I, uh, there's, probably a question mark, there's probably a question mark over Bucky, but I think we can probably say in the way of Endgame he is. So it's just he Loki. Loki and and Loki is well yeah as in the myth he's very hard to um put into a, a pigeonhole isn't he absolutely so yeah thirty minutes into the episode let's actually talk about uh, Loki <laughs> which is let's the talk whole about point. Loki the main point of this episode key question really, did you like it I did I'm very yeah. happy that they made it there were a couple of design decisions that I really really didn't like and I'm sure we'll come on to them. But overall, I thought it was fantastic. And and I prefer, I thought it was the best MCU TV show I've watched all the way through. I'm going to (laughs) say. I feel I need to ask, how many have you watched all the way through? Um, Best season of MCU TV (laughs) I've watched all the way through. Um, Because I was going to say, the correct answer to that is two. Um, (laughs) Same for me. (laughs) But no, I've watched. I watched all of Loki, all of Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, all of season one of Daredevil, all of season one of Jessica Jones, and all of like season one to three of Agents of Shield. Yeah. 
It's quite similar to me, but instead of Falcon Winter Soldier, I watched WandaVision. I think that's going to be really interesting to come on to in, in, in like 10 minutes or so. Where, like the, the fact that I, I couldn't stick to, to WandaVision and you couldn't stick to Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, but but just to, to bring that up here, I think, because I was a bit late with WandaVision, so I, I, I was still watching that as they started to release Falcon Winter Soldier, and they were so different. Yeah. That my, I think my brain just couldn't quite compute that <laughs> no that's that's fair i mean i i bounced right off wandavision after episode three i think yeah and as is as is often the case i feel that's when it so episode four is the going... one in which they introduce sword isn't it I honestly couldn't tell you. It sounds about right. So I watched, I watched like the first half of the first episode that takes place outside the town. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. And, and I was like trying to do other stuff and I just wasn't paying attention. And I eventually just went, no, I don't. I, I've decided I don't care about this mystery because I've either already solved it or I just, or, or like it doesn't matter. Because I, I already know that like Wanda is almost certainly going to be in a later film, so and and I just don't care. That was my that was my fundamental issue. I didn't care, and what they were trying to do. He didn't care that Vision was maybe still alive. Yeah, but no, because this is going to be another another thing that I think we we need to talk about. If Vision being alive matters, it'll become relevant in a film. Yes, and I really that is one hundred percent the case for all of these Disney Plus shows, right? None of them yeah, none of them can really impact the wider MCU because I'm fairly sure that Marvel have said it will never be the case that to understand a film you need to have watched one of the TV shows. Yeah. No, that is right. And I think even the whole COVID situation that we've obviously had won't have impacted that. A, the roadmap for all these things came out before then. Yeah. Um, uh, and B, I think you're right because the the films are paramount, right? So they they want to, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that that's 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 the key storyline happens in there, which which is interesting in in terms of the Loki TV show because it's really hard to kind of see where they're going with it. So Loki, I think, is going to be really interesting because so my theory is that Loki is mine and everyone else is on the internet is that Loki is setting up Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Right, that that seems to be what's being implied. Yeah. But you can also just sort of open Doctor Strange, that that Doctor Strange film, with Stephen Strange looking at some sort of magical hologram thing that is the timeline, and going, oh shit, the timeline's splitting. And then have Loki rock up and go, so I have had a time... And fill it in in like five minutes. And it'll be weird, but the whole point of that film is that it's going to be weird. Possibly. I, mean, I, I, I assume that I assume that it'll be better written than that because, you know, people will be pray, paid large sums of money to make it not shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to what I just vomited into a microphone. But you know what I mean? Like, it's, no, it's, I, I know, and and, and I, I trust the Marvel writers enough to to know that if that's something they're planning, they'll they'll do it somewhat well enough. Yeah, I guess maybe it happened in the Black Widow film that they addressed this sort of thing because that's obviously 
back in time because she's very much dead. But I think she's staying dead. I've seen seen that as a criticism of this film. Like it's it all it's all historic, and there is no indication that it changes the the, the timeline. Yeah. So you just can't care about anything that happens to Black Widow because she she's dead. Exactly, exactly. It's one of those prequels where you're like, well, so what? Yeah. But maybe they've kind of set the scene to be like, you know, time travel is maybe a thing. Loki might be kicking well, they, about. Who knows? They, they did. They did. Time travel's a thing in in Endgame, right? That means the 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 time travel in Endgame has meant that they can do anything they want now. And just say, oh yeah, time travel. Yeah, and like, this is where it'd be very... You may almost need Loki in the next Doctor Strange film. Uh, you just, will do. You will do. But, I, so but, I, the, I, problem, but the problem then is, if, if, you, if you need Loki for that, you also need Sylvie. Well, this that's is going gonna, to be weird. <laughs> this is going to be... Yeah, trying to explain Sylvie to a film audience that hasn't watched Loki is going to be difficult. So she's Loki, but she's not Loki. But she is Loki, but she's but not she's Loki. Sylvie. She's Sylvie. <laughs> Don't call her Loki, but she is Loki. Like that's just gonna break someone's brain, and it's gonna be excellent. But well, I mean, the real reason they didn't call her Loki because that would have been unbelievably narcissistic and weird. Yes, yes, that. So I thought Sylvie was great. Um, I did not. I. Confess, I looked up the actress's name before recording, and it went. It completely has gone out of my brain. But I thought she did a phenomenal job. I thought some Italian twang. I want to say. Okay. I equally have looked this up previously, and I've also forgotten. But I, you Google, I'll talk. Um, I thought that she like act as we've said, acting opposite Tom Hiddleston. That's not easy. That's a, he's a phenomenally talented actor, and I thought that the performance that she gave was really impressive for the comparatively limited amount of screen time that we've had with her as compared with the original Loki. Um, yeah, yeah. So her name is Sofia Di Martino. Oh, so it is Italian. Well, it sure sounds like it. And this might explain, because one of my major grabs with her was her accent was a little bit all over the place. And I don't know if that was by design, because she's a variant, and that was kind of something... She's a variant. She's lived throughout the timeline. Yeah, but I feel that... Hmm. Maybe you, if you do uh, that, it, you sort of need to explain it. Yeah, exactly. If, if that's what you're going for, explain it. it. It was a little jarring. And yeah, I mean, come on, it's, it's a thankless task to have to act opposite Tom Hiddleston. But I thought, I thought that she did really well. I thought there were moments... She did okay, of, but you also had Owen were... Wilson in there, who I'm it's, a big fan of. <laughs> such, a, such a good cast. Like a two-episode cameo by Richard Grant, who's obviously just having so much fun. <laughs> he really was, wasn't he? I do. I do want. I did wonder um, whether with Richard Grant they they showed him the first costume and it was like a proper like MCU Loki costume and he just looked at it and went looked down at himself and went nope nope. So they gave him that like really flowing flabby looking thing. Um, but he was great. The classic DC parody as well, right? You know the sort of the underpants. Uh, yeah. Outlook. This. Yeah, nah, well, well played, Marvel. On that. I hadn't even considered that, but that's exactly what that was. Um, no, I thought Owen Wilson. Yeah, absolutely, he was he was great as well. I'm really disappointed. One that he never rode a jet ski, 
And two, that he never said wow. <laughs> wow. How do you have Owen Wilson in your in your TV show? And it, in a situation like where he has repeated opportunities to just go, wow. And he never does it. That's phenomenal restraint. No, you know what? It's because, no, I guarantee you he's got a similar stipulation as contract to Sean Bean now. Because Sean Bean will refuse to take roles where he dies. You reckon? And I think Owen Wilson will now refuse to take roles where he has to say wow. Such a, sh- such a shame that Sean Bean has written himself out of any work in the future. I think he doesn't need it anymore, let's be honest. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll happily sell you know, chips at a chip shop in Sheffield mm. or something and, and be perfectly content with life. Yeah, no fair. Um, Get <laughs> or, or the, the worst, the worst uh, scenario is maybe that Owen Wilson used to always ad-lib that and the director was just, no, stop that. <laughs> Stop it, Owen. <laughs> Amazing. We don't uh, want that. So, okay, so I I like Loki. What what was what's your what's your overall feeling on it? I loved it. Um, great, great season of TV. Uh, to be honest with you, one thing I didn't like was I know I said before that Agents of Shield had too many episodes in a season. Loki had what six episodes? I needed another episode. Yeah, especially because right then they were like, oh, Loki will return in season two. It's like, mm, you know, you could have made it a little longer. Uh, I, perhaps I, we do have to make allowances for COVID in, in this particular COVID, season. like, Tom Hiddleston is probably a really busy actor, as is, probably. as I imagine, is Owen Wilson. I mean, right, Richard Grant's probably free if you wanted to just do an episode of him. So um, I think Richard Grant and Owen Wilson, I've not seen Owen Wilson in a film in... No, that's that's true. A he's long been, time. He's been perfect, perfecting his role as Mobius. Fantastic name, by the way, for a Mobius. I know, isn't it great? Travel show. Um, so clever. GG, GG Marvel. <laughs> I, I I thought I thought the aesthetic was excellent. The sort of juxtaposition of the TVA as these like fifties, sixties bureaucracy. It's very um, aperture technologies. Good reference. Um, for me, it really reminded me of Control. I don't know if you ever played that game. I haven't. It's in my it's in my Steam library. It's exactly that sort of vibe. Yeah, as you say, fifty sixties like government building type yeah. thing. Re- yeah, really atmospheric. The time travel was was interesting without being what time travel sort of often is just downright confusing and world breaking <laughs> it, it, the the time travel was a narrative tool it wasn't the plot yeah. I'm, I'm yes, sure yes and no I'm not sure that's quite the right way of putting it I guess my, my point, the time travel was it's a bit like the way Endgame did it right they just went time travel works don't ask questions it just works they don't try to explain yeah. it too hard well and, yeah. and they gave the TVA the tool of just you know Oh, we went back in time and then deleted it, and it yeah. was great. <laughs> Which yeah, that, you're that like, okay, helped. fine, whatever. You know, that also you helps. Yeah, you don't have branching timelines, um, and the TVA also exists out of time, which is helpful to that. Um, no, it was, it was great. We've got probably Kang as the new, which we of course all knew. Yeah, I mean, had you ever heard of him? It's one of those names like Galactus. Yeah, where I'm like, yeah, I know that they're a big bad. I'm really, I'm really disappointed because my money, my my outside money was on Agamotto. Um, 
I mean, holding an Agamotto like being the guy holding back Kang from invading or something. Far too um, complicated. Far too complicated. <laughs> far too niche. Um, I'm just quite disappointed. I also th- thought there was a small chance it was just going to be Odin. Admittedly, <laughs> I was thinking on his lines like this is just going to be some sort of old Marvel like MCU guy they've wheeled out to <laughs> to be a, you know to be a bad yeah and this is this is where we come back to your point right because they have introduced what is probably going to be a big bad in some form in a tv show yeah no and that that is that is a bit odd but but i guess they've done it in such a way that in doctor strange you can just reintroduce him because you, well, you're absolutely right you can just start that film off with Doctor Strange looking at a timeline that's going crazy and going, ah, oh, this is bad. Well, shit. Uh, it must be Kang. <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> the film just goes from there. No, absolutely. I'm just looking up the Phase 4 timeline to see what we might get between now and Doctor Strange. We've got, we've I got want to say Shang-Chi it's... and Eternals. Eternals, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Is still coming. It might, it might be that Eternals does it. I don't know much about Shang Chi at all, actually. I don't know any, anything about either of them, to be honest with you. No, I, was, I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> I don't know why I was like, oh, I don't know about Shang Chi. You know, Eternals also not a clue. Um, and then we've got another Spider Man, excellent. Uh, but then, yeah, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, that's that's going to be where it is. So, so. Yeah, they probably have a few films to to play with and maybe introduce timeline wobbles and, and mm. that sort of craziness and maybe suggest that there are variants and that, that wouldn't be entirely surprising if you would see a Loki, for example. Yes. Maybe Richard Grant pops up in every single film from now on. That would oh be fantastic. God, Richard Grant <laughs> is the new Stan Lee, I'd be so up for that. <laughs> That's amazing. I hadn't thought of that. I would rate that so much. Just so he's he's got no real link to to Marvel. He was just like, can I can I get some work? Um, that'd be so good. That'd be so nice. Yeah. So so Loki, big big success. Big thumbs up for Loki. I couple of things I hated just very quickly because this is expertise is overrated and we can't just be nice about stuff. Um, well, I was already not nice about Sylvie. Just putting that out there. Yeah, but I stand by that. I. Fine. I, 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 I didn't think that she was good enough to go on a massive crusade to defend her. Like, I thought she was a perfectly adequate... Functional, perhaps. Like, better than functional, but she's... Yeah, I'm just going to leave just, it there. Just going to put it out there. Thrift shop version of Natalie Dormer. We're getting cancelled. Yeah. Um... <laughs> just, just putting it out there in the world. Come at me. <laughs> Actually, please don't. That would be terrifying. Please don't, because I'll get <laughs> caught in the crossfire. Um, no, what was I going to say? Crocodile Loki. Fuck off. Don't want that. Not clever. Not funny. Please don't do that again. Um, mm, I, just... I agree with you. I agree with you. Because they focus too much on Crocodile Loki. Right? I think where there was that scene where, where all the Lokis rocked up and essentially had a big fight. It got so ridiculous. That a crocodile Loki in that scene would have been acceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would have been okay if, if crocodile if there had been a crocodile Loki with President Loki as part of his band of Lokis. I'd have I'd have been all right with that. Yeah, 
Um, overplayed, overplayed. But yeah, they they just it, that feels like no one in the writers' room was like, guys, this isn't as funny as we think it is. Yeah, and especially because it's it's Marvel, right? And I feel it was such a like a, a budgetly like a budget CGI croc. Yeah. But but I I must think in this sort of Valheim esque uh, the, the the PC game style of like everything looks a bit shit because it's supposed to you know you're dead and you don't quite remember what things look like the same way that this is like oh this is a, a Loki variant so the crocodile looks a bit shit and that's why the CGI is a bit shit maybe I think and it right. doesn't quite work I think I just I just didn't think it worked I didn't think it added anything to the the focus on it didn't add very much we've already done wait there can be female loki variants i didn't need wait there can be animal loki vari- how does that even work what possible branching of the timeline it's a multiverse infinite possibilities i just i just don't i don't see it i don't like it i didn't want it <laughs> um but the thing that annoyed me more was that there was precisely one episode that had a stinger. And it was episode four, which was the episode in which Loki got pruned. And the uh-huh. stinger was him waking up at the end of time. And I got, <laughs> oh, I was so, so angry. I you mean, you mean the, uh, the credit scene? The credit, sorry, the, yeah, the end, the end credit scene in yeah. which he, he wakes up to see all the variant Lokis. Because the show is called Loki. Of course you haven't killed Tom Hiddleston with two episodes to go. You're not that brave, Marvel. So so I didn't let him be dead for a week. Let the internet go, how's he coming back? How? What's, what's happening? Where, maybe when they get pruned, they're not dead. Let the internet think about it. And then if you want to be really brave, if you want to be really adventurous in the way that you make television, you don't have Loki in episode five, and you make seven episodes, not six. And in episode five, we focus on Sylvie, and we maybe don't prune Mobius, so you can have you can have Owen Wilson in episode five, and and you, we just follow them for a whole episode, and it's them dealing with their grief, and you prune Mobius at the end of that, and then you do a stinger maybe at the end of episode five, which is Mobius waking up to see Loki. Right, that that just just is better than. Oh, don't worry, don't worry, guys. He's not actually dead. You don't have to wait seven days. You you can get your reassurance. No, stop clutching your pearls. It's fine. It just made me so upset. It was so. <laughs> it was so weak from Marvel, and there are a lot of things, but I don't think that they're that they're weak when it comes to making design decisions. I just it 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 was so lacking in any. And anything for me, it was it was such an unnecessary <laughs> decision. Right, rant over. In in what might be an expertise is overrated. First, following a rant, I could not agree with you more. Oh, I think I'm, we need to stop here. <laughs> We've achieved, I don't know, maximum zen here somehow. This is Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> I could not agree with you. You hit the nail on the head. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, I could have, but. <laughs> I went You're absolutely right. You should have had an episode without Tom Hiddleston's Loki and just made the internet go crazy thinking, oh, is Sylvie going to be 
the new Loki? Is she Sylvie going to be Loki in the film? Is Sylvie Thunder? Exactly. How good? How good? How but good? Like, Absolutely right. And and you know what? Even though I necessarily didn't, didn't like the, the character or the actress, I still can't quite wrap my head around what I didn't really like about her. Just something didn't. I didn't like something. I would have been upset <laughs> if I said fire. I was like, okay. So we're still going to have a Loki, but it's not going to be Tom Hiddleston? No. No, absolutely fuck that. I would have been on the forums. I would have been on Reddit. I would have been on Twitter. I know, but think, think, <laughs> how much, think how much... I think how good that would have been for the show. Absolutely. I, mean, it, 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 I don't imagine it needed much social media impetus. I imagine it was doing okay on its own, but you've just got to... Oh, I don't know. No, 100% agree. They, they should not have done the uh, end credit scene, and they should have not had Tom Hiddleston in episode five. I think I think that's braver. I think that is a lot is. braver than than just not doing the stinger. But even just don't do the stinger. Oh yeah, def- definitely don't do definitely don't do that because it's a week later. That's you the know? thing. That's the thing. It's a week later. If, if you're actually watching as as they come out, like, I think I think you have to assume so. people are watching as they come out. Yeah, there'll be a sure, lot of people sure. who who save them up and watch them afterwards. But you've got to, you've got to pace it as if people are waiting a week. But it's anyway. it's crazy to think that even Marvel. That has made billions of dollars with their films didn't back themselves to do this for one episode, especially after WandaVision, which was clearly so weird that you gave up on it. <laughs> yes, yes, I want to talk about WandaVision, and, that, and that's a show that included. I mean, insofar that obviously we have Owen Wilson and, and Tom Hiddleston in Loki, that had uh, Elizabeth Olsen and um, Paul Bettany. You know, mm. Both very fine actors, both in the films a lot. That equally grandiose. Ab- no, absolutely, absolutely. Arguably, yeah. I, I, it was, it was just, it felt to me such a missed opportunity, and I would love to hear from one of the writers. We'll get why, on the show. Why, why they, why they did it that way. So, if you happen to have been a writer on. Loki and want to tweet us at expertise is overrated. No, sorry, that's not our twi- Twitter handle at all. Wow, at zero expertise. <laughs> wow, you can see, you can tell uh, who runs the Twitter account. <laughs> Virtually nobody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh shit! I'm actually going to tweet the writers now. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely, no, do please do. I'd like please to come know. on the show. Please come on the show, um, or at least answer my question. Right. It, no, it is shocking. It is shocking. So, WandaVision, yeah. So, you got into what three, three and a bit episodes in? Three, three and a half. I'm going to say I watched three episodes because I couldn't tell you anything that happened in episode four. Um, I mean, neither could I, and I definitely watched the whole thing. <laughs> I felt like WandaVision was trying far too hard to be referential to things that people who were watching WandaVision wouldn't get what i think i mean by that is it felt very much to me like it was playing into an element of sort of millennial faux nostalgia so so yeah, the one that stands out the, working there <laughs> the one that stands out to me is episode two which is the one that draws all of its inspiration from bewitched mm-hmm. right I would wager a significant sum of money that most of the people who watched WandaVision have never seen an episode of Bewitched. Like me, for example. Like you, for example. Um, 
That means 50% of the people that I know who watched that episode have never seen an episode of Bewitched. Because um, I'm the other one, and I have. But, like, I don't get why that's your homage. Like, no, I do. I do. But it it fits in the construct of the story, It, I assume. It doesn't fit in the meta-construct of the show. Because you're 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 playing into this sense of oh my god it's like it's bewitched but you're you're appealing to people who've never who don't have genuine nostalgia for those shows. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand where you're coming from with that. My thinking about that is is that it wasn't an attempt at nostalgia. It was okay. an attempt at being weird because i'm pretty sure they know that their target audience isn't going to be the the sort of people who were watching bewitched regularly right because that, no. that seems unlikely i don't obviously have the numbers but that seems unlikely to me <laughs> um so i think what they did is that they would they wanted to do something very specific with wandavision right and so they made it all very weird uh-huh. and the fact that it's bewitched or the dick van dyke show and things like that i think is is an easter egg which marvel loves you know Mar- mcu loves an easter egg but if your entire show for the first three episodes is Easter egg, yeah, people but, but aren't no, going but, to but that's, off it. But that's the thing. But but if 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 you can't get beyond the fact that they're trying to do something, and you can't quite figure out what it is they're trying to do. That's maybe maybe it's not for me. Not not everything is. Yeah, maybe it's not for you. Well, exactly. Yeah, right? but, and, but, I, but that's not the impression I I had. I I genuinely watched the first episodes thinking, what the fuck is going on in this TV show. I just want to sort of know what's going on with with Wanda and Vision. Like, what is this? No, why, I, why I is there this weird like breaking of the fourth wall? But then it isn't really breaking of the fourth wall. Yeah, no, I see. I see that. I do. I guess. I guess you have it, to take it, that leap of faith. You have to persist, and if you don't persist, then. That's fair enough that you just don't care and you, yeah. you can walk away happy. I guess Whereas it, I had to continue and then the conclusion to all of that was much more run-of-the-mill MCU. Yeah, it's. I, I'm, I'm assuming the conclusion to WandaVision is there's a bad guy who's making Wanda do this and Wanda doesn't really realise. It's interesting that that's where you went because that's entirely not what it is. <laughs> oh, okay, maybe I need to go and find out what the conclusion is. Um, I haven't... Uh, yeah, I... I'm not going to go into my theories of what what WandaVision is, but the, the, the problem with it for me was that it wasn't asking a question, the answer for which I needed for closure. Yeah, which is which is fine. It was, which is too, fine. Yeah. It, was, it was too weird. Yeah, the weirdness. I didn't. Maybe, maybe it was. Maybe it was just me. I didn't appreciate that the weirdness was part of the question. Yeah, and I think maybe this is an instance where they were a bit bit too brave, right? They. Hmm. They sort of just put that on the viewer and said, well, you have to kind of stick with us here because we're not going to tell you why it's so strange. And Bold if you happen one. to have watched Bewitched, then you, you will be very confused because, like, what the hell is the point of this? Yeah. I, I guess the name Witch helps there. But, yeah. No, they, I think they tried something clearly wasn't for for you. I mean, I don't really know <laughs> how other people felt about it. But uh, I, I no. ended up quite enjoying it, actually. Not as much as Loki, but I really, I rated it. It's a bold one to do as your first film after Endgame. Uh, if, let's assume you can essentially, no, you're, first, you're, first TV series, sorry. 
You could essentially yeah, pick any. You're forgetting about uh, Spider Man. Yeah, no. So I meant TV series. Sorry. Um, the first, the first of the Disney Plus TV shows is One Division. That's brave. That is really brave. It, it is, yeah. Because you could have done Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's the obvious one to do. Because that's the legacy of Captain America, which is where we left Endgame. Yeah, right. So Falcon and Winter Soldier. So perhaps it was because I watched One Division, but I the, off the back of that, and I think off the back of Endgame, I just wasn't really ready for. Captain America to be what I assume is essentially revived. Sure. Um, and Falcon, you know, I liked him as a character. Well, I like him. I mean, I presume he's still alive. Yeah. Anthony yeah, Mackie, yeah. fantastic actor, big mm-hmm. fan. Uh, Bucky, pff, sure. <laughs> Not I really see, sure I, what I think about him. <laughs> I was, I was like that, but the, I really like him in Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think Sebastian Stan is great, and I think that the, the way he portrays Bucky in Falcon and Winter Soldier is really good. Um, fair. Yeah, fair. But but what I what I think I needed after Endgame and after Spider-Man was, was just something a little different, you know? I, I didn't sure. want to, you know, it's like, oh, Cap's, you know, dead and buried. Well, he obviously isn't, but he gets a nice conclusion to his story arc. You know, just let it, let it rest a little bit, you know? No, and that's that is that is completely fair. Um, I guess what I really liked, what I I really enjoyed Falcon Winter Soldier. I watched all of it in two days, which for me is wow. quite something. That is quite something. I assume it's also six episodes. Yeah, six six or seven. I think six. I think they're all six. Um, no, what I what I absolutely what I really enjoyed about it was it was managing to tell like two or three stories at once. Okay, a bit in the same way that that Loki is right because Loki ends up telling Owen Wilson's story and Tom Hiddleston's story and Sylvie's story at the same time, which are of course all the same story, <laughs> which are all the same story. But you know except, what I mean? Except Mobius, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, and and Falcon and Winter Soldier successfully does the same thing. So you get Ant- Anthony Mackie Falcon wrestling with the fact that Cap. Captain America, Steve Rogers, left him with the legacy. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't feel like he can carry it. Um, you got Bucky being like, the only man who ever gave me anything approaching closure or forgiveness or understanding wanted you to do this and you're not doing that. Why can't you see in yourself what he and I can both see in you? But also... I need you to become the new Captain America because I need you to continue to give me that closure that I'm not the evil man I'm scared I am. Um, and you've also got the whole, the world dealing with the aftermath of Endgame and the the snap and and talking and it's 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 telling some saying really some, some really important things about power and um, refugees and race in America and all sorts of things like that. And I think speaking as someone who doesn't get to have much of, a, of an opinion on these things, I think it does a magnificent job. I'm completely willing to be told by someone that it doesn't, but for me, at least, I thought sure. it, it was it was saying something very powerful. Sure, yeah. Yeah, no, and then I, I had absolutely nothing against the first episode. I think, you know, reflecting on it, it, it just it was just a bit too much like Captain America, you know, that which I think of all the standalone franchises, probably the, slightly the most serious, you know, he's, he's kind of... 
you know, it's Captain America. He's in the fucking name, you know. They take themselves kind of seriously. But, oh, and, and, and uh, you know, it's just I, I wasn't looking for that heaviness in that conclusion. Sure. Or, or continuation, rather. No, but this is probably just somewhere where, where we are very different. Because I love Captain America as portrayed in the MCU. Oh, as, as do I. As do I, yeah. But I think that sort of... Uh, yeah, I think I think we should... Yeah. I think that there's probably an episode talking about all the various Avengers and who we sure. think is yeah. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And for me, it's probably Captain America, um, but not because of the sort of bombastic chest thumping Americanisms, um, but his, his the, the the sort of the role that he occupies is just because he's the most human of them all, isn't it? It's not because he's Iron Man is definitely more human so, than Captain you're America. So predictable. So is Hawkeye. So is Black Widow. <laughs> Poor guy, come on now. Because <laughs> 100% the most human. He's got a bow and arrow. Yeah, and he ends up killing a bunch of criminals. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's why I don't like him very much. <laughs> but he's definitely the most human. Anyway. No, I, I, I do look forward to watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm. And, and I think it's really clever what they've done. Uh, can, coming back to your point from, you know, they don't want to do anything... Story defining in TV shows, and and you don't need to do anything right because at the end of Endgame, Captain America says you should be Captain America now, and so at the next film, he is Captain America. Yeah, we don't like, yeah, need to know sense. how he got there because exactly. we can just you can just assume he picked up the shield, and that's yeah, exactly. absolutely fine. But if you want to, under- yeah, it's so so good. Um, I hadn't even thought of that, but no, it's uh, phenomenally well done. So we've been rabbiting on for a while. I think no, there's, there's, we only ever say sensible things. Us, not ever. Is there a problem with the MCU? Is it too big? That is a very good question. And perhaps it's only now that we're really thinking about this because we've had a bit of a hiatus uh, enforced mm. on us by you know circumstances outside of our control, perhaps. Um but I did come across an interesting article, and I unfortunately cannot remember where. It was one of those things that Google just sort of pushes on you. Yeah. Um, but it literally talked about MCU film fatigue in the wake of uh, Black Widow kind of bombing. You know, it's it's not done that well. Uh, probably not helped by the fact that it's been released on Disney Plus for an extortion amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, people maybe are getting a little bit fed up of it. I don't know. I don't think I necessarily agree because I like I really enjoyed Loki. I enjoyed WandaVision. I, I've watched the Marvel films in the past year, at least most of them. So, yeah, I I don't know. What do you, what do you think about it? Is 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 the MCU too big? Is it you know? Does it just need to go away for a little while? I don't know that it needs to go away for a little while, but I really like if you look at the Phase Four roadmap. Doctor Strange. And the Multiverse of Madness. Okay, we're getting another Spider-Man film. Thor, Black Panther 2, Guardians, Captain Marvel. Like, those are people... Well, Thor, notwithstanding, but that's because Thor hasn't had the closure that Iron Man and Cap got in Endgame, I guess. Yeah, not by any means. But, like, other than Thor, you've got Doctor Strange, Black Panther, and Guardians, and, and Spider-Man and Captain Marvel. Okay, like, that's five films. But my point is, they're starting to tell smaller stories or changing who their leads are, it seems. Yeah. It's a transition phase, yeah. It's a transition phase. That's a, that's a good way of putting phase it. Phase 1.2. <laughs> I, 
I think I think that's really healthy. I think it would have been just a little bit too easy to keep flogging Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, and the Avengers, the core Avengers, and just keep doing that and keep doing that and keep doing that and just keep printing money. Um, what I do, what does concern me is how hard to break into the MCU is. So in what would 12, 13, 14 years time, right? When we're on phase six, phase seven of Marvel, how hard is it going to be to sit down with like our kids or our nieces and nephews and start watching MCU films when you know that there are 25, 30, 40 yeah. films to get through. And some of them are Iron Man 2 and Thor 2. <laughs> yes, very That's true. the problem. They make great films. Black Panther is a phenomenal film. Ragnarok, phenomenal film. Fantastic, yeah. The first Avengers film is excellent. Endgame is excellent. The first Guardians film is great. But there is some dross in there as well. But you know what? But that uh, not that kind of the idea behind the phase system? I, I think the idea is that you should be able to watch any film post-Endgame and sort of just be okay with it. Quite possibly. Because, why, you know, why would it matter to you that, you know, the first time you see Captain America, it is Anthony Mackie? And some people still call him Falcon, maybe. I don't know. But I, I think that that's not going to be completely obscure. <laughs> Maybe if you maybe. if you don't know who uh, Steve Rogers was, then who cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Hopefully, hopefully, I'm really excited to see Blade in the MCU. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I'm fully prepared to be disappointed by that film, but like like Venom, like Venom's not MCU though. I don't think is it not? I thought it was. No, Tom Hardy Hardy Venom. I don't think that's MCU. Okay. And that's Sony. I think it's just Sony. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, MCU adjacent, a bit like uh, like Spider-Man. No, I think it's like, it might be like, is it the Incredible Hulk film? Is, mm. So it's... Because that is actually listed in phase one. Yeah, but it's not, it wasn't made by Marvel and it's not really part of the MCU. It's listed as a phase one film, but it's like But it's got it's got a post credit scene with Tony Stark in it, isn't it? Or have I made that up? I, that feels like something you invented. Like, no, because I feel there's there's something where you're like, oh, this is quite clearly MCU, yeah. I need to go I, back I, and may have, I may have just invented that. Feels in which like case, you... please let me know, dear listeners. <laughs> yeah, it feels like he invented that, but I can't be bothered to go and check. Uh, true to our, true to our nature. <laughs> so, produced by Columbia in association with Marvel and Tencent, distributed by Sony. It's the la- It's the first film in the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters. Right. That doesn't sound like something that ever got off the ground. No, because I think they just lost the rights to everything, didn't they? Except for Spider-Man. Oh, uh, it's. I, I think it's actually the Venom verse. Because it's Venom, Venom, Let the Brick Carnage, Mor- Morbius, and Craven the Hunter. So we're getting vampires. Mm-hmm. 
and then Craven. And well, then there's like see. a Sinister Six film coming and stuff like that. I just don't really care about Venom, to be honest. <laughs> no, also that. Um, and and I think this is probably the, the the problem that the MCU has if they do have a problem uh, at the moment, which is you know cinemas have been closed. The only film they've been able to release is Black Widow, and as you which said, was never going to do that well anyway. Let's be clear. Yeah, exactly. It's it's. <laughs> You kind of have to look at that film as just sort of a separate, you know, we just want to see Scarlett Johansson be Black Widow again for a film. Yeah. Uh, I doesn't. She, she played that character absolutely fantastically throughout, I think. So, you know, fair enough. <laughs> it feels like the test is No Way Home. The, the next Spider-Man film, which I think is Christmas this year. Yeah, but the Spider-Man films are just incredible anyway. But that, I, I guess that's my point. That's That's the real test of phase four. I yeah. think, right? Because yeah, yeah. Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings might be excellent, might be shit. Eternals, I just don't know anything about. Could be excellent, could be shit. We know what we want from a Tom Holland Spider-Man. Yes. Yeah, and they just need to deliver that. If they deliver that, then then I suspect Phase phase 4 will be, will be fine. But I just... If you if you sit down and start to think about everything that you need, you will, by the end of phase four, everything that you will need to watch to be up on the MCU, it just becomes really really daunting. And I of course, yeah, maybe Marvel don't have a problem, but I think that cinema might, and I think Marvel might be both a symptom and a cause of the, the problem that that cinema has. And I think that problem yeah. is slipping into other forms of media as well. Yeah. But I think I'm going to just leave that one hanging there for a future episode. I think that's very wise. You know, is cinema dead? <laughs> I think we should wrap it up there anyway, because we have talked for far too long. Yeah, no, I was, I was, that was, that was my, my whole plan. Um, thanks for listening to this episode of Expertise is Overrated no doubt we said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive as ever feel free to let us know rate the podcast and leave us a comment or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com tweet us at zero expertise check out our website expertiseisoverrated.podbean.com or come join us on our discord server If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes. If you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. Now, in our next episode, we're opening a new door for Expertises Overrated as we discuss the Lord Ruler from Brandon Sanderson's Mistborn trilogy and ask whether he's a hero or a maniacal despot. Join us then for more nonsense. 